podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome, lovely listeners, to the Anfield Index podcast. It's episode 236, and I am still quiz champion Trev Denny, podcasting to you from a field in beautiful and sunny and balmy rural Ireland. Now I'm joined as Every ever. bloody week. Every bloody week. Jesus you know, it's, it's, it's you, you won one quiz, Trev. Oh, it was one. three. It was three. No, um, you drew the other one. No, no, I won two, and we, we drew one, and I gave you a share of the credit. So it, it was three. Uh as you can hear, I'm joined by the immeg- immensely uh, irked Carl Kopak, whose um, universal title of quiz genius is uh, threatened by my presence on earth. And Cam Branch, who get, yet again this week um, decided to make things difficult um, in the background for us um, with his prima donna behavior and his microphone. And of course, Guy Drinkle is holding it all together in the background now. Tonight, with an absurd amount of points in the Premier League bag and the narrowest of second-place finishes after a second campaign in a row undefeated at Fortress Anfield, with a second consecutive Champions League final 17 days away, with the Player of the Year in the statuesque form of Virgil van Dijk, the joint top goal scorers in the distinctive shapes of Sadio Mane and Mo Salah, and the possessor of the Golden Globes in Alison Becker, we here at AIP headquarters decided that it's about time we should dole out some honours of our own. And so, after our regular introduction, which we'll get to in a moment, we shall be hosting the inaugural Trevies. Now, before you think I've gone off on some sort of egomaniacal rampage here, um, and, you know, we've, he- we've heard already in this show who the resident egomaniac is. It was actually Carl's idea to name them that. And so, as, so, Sorry, so, says the quiz champion. As says quiz champion, Trev Dalian. And as an inveterate egalitarian, I will insist next year that they be called the Carlitos. And if BBC haven't stopped platforming uh, Nigel Farage and Yaxley and the boys and realised that they should really give me Lineker's job, then the next year they'll be called the Branchies. It will go on like this. It's all about egalitarianism here on AI. I, I, I prefer the Kopskas, but carry on. Well, you, you will have the choice. You know, you will have the choice. And to set the mood for this gala event here uh, in the very Anfield Index podcast style that you're used to, here is a speech by the now sort of famously un-Hollywood Hollywood icon that is Jim Carrey as he comes out to award the Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture. Thank you. I am two-time Golden Globe winner, Jim Carrey. You know, when I go to sleep at night, I'm not just a guy going to sleep. I'm two-time Golden Globe winner, Jim Carrey, going to get some well-needed shut-eye. And when I dream, I don't just dream any old dream. No, sir. 
I dream about being three-time Golden Globe winning actor Jim Carrey. Because then I would be enough. It would finally be true. And I could stop this, this terrible search. For what I know ultimately won't fulfill me. But these are important, these awards. I don't want you to think that just because if you blew up our solar system alone, you wouldn't be able to find us or any of human history with the naked eye. But from our perspective, this is huge. I actually can't think of a better way to tee up this um, uh, inaugural award ceremony on AIP than that. It's absolutely the tone I wanted to set. Carl, do you have an opening uh, thought today that's related to anything other than the ramblings of your mind during the week? Um, Yeah, I do. And uh, I'm just going to say these words and I don't want any further discussion because the whole thing is boring me. But it's this. The life of the enemy. Whoever lives for the sake of combating an enemy has an interest in the enemies staying alive. Hmm. Whatever could you be referring to? <laughs> yeah, exactly. In other words, I decide who my enemies are, not my enemy. Yeah. And we all know, uh, obviously you got that straight away, that is Nietzsche who said that. Also, uh, there's a very deliberate um, policy on this week's podcast in case you were chewing in waiting for a bit of vitriol to get spewed about the obvious things that one could be spewing it that we wouldn't engage in that because quite honestly fuck that shit and it's it's well and truly covered elsewhere and this is an upbeat show so we will be keeping with our I'm happy, a grown man. happy happy tones throughout yeah. this and back to the trebbies so that's carl's opening quote which i think kind of nicely in one corner of the show encapsulates our thoughts about all of that nonsense uh what about yourself cam any opening ideas apart from being on mute he's on mute isn't he sorry i was on mute amazing i know well you told me to start going on mute so I was just as i told we don't do edits on this show no 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 absolutely pure, no natural. pure jazz off you go my friend right then i don't believe that if you do good good things will happen. Everything is completely accidental and random. Sometimes bad things happen to very good people, and sometimes good things happen to bad people. But at least if you try to do good things, then you're spending your time doing something worthwhile. That's quite wholesome. Who's that from? Helen Mirren. Is it? Yeah. The great philosopher Helen Mirren. Yeah. Amazing. I won't hear a bad word about Helen Mirren. Thank you, gentlemen. Well, she is a lovely lady. Um, and really is. That she may could be well, considered for a Trevi. She could be up for a Trevi later on. That certainly is at least one category. Um, which, the Helen Mirren Award. Which we will, in our in our very male and, um, you know, um, predictable way, be talking about. But, I, I, that, yeah, that's, I, do, I do quite like that. Like, it's quite homespun, but, but, but true nonetheless. Uh, I said at the start what we do, 
And again, if you're here for the, um, and then Virgil took it and he went outside with his left foot and then it was that lovely little inside ball and then that hockey assist and then the statistics, then you've probably joined the wrong pod, my friend. Uh, we have decided not to do too much by way of heavy football analysis this week because Christ alive there 17 days before the biggest game in the world. And there will be at least two more AIPs. Plenty of time to talk about the football and the things and all that. And we've really seen to be talking about the football. And we've done one since Barcelona. So what I wanted to do was devote as much as we can to just, you know, football-related fun and non-football-related fun. But we did say at the top, if there was something that you specifically wanted to speak about in relation to the Reds, at the top of the show, that this would be the moment to do it. So, Carl, again, back to you. Is there something that you do want to flag up that you just think we can't really let a football podcast go by without mentioning this? Not really. Uh, I'm incredibly proud of my football team. Every single one of the club, every single person there. That's it. Just, I'm just dead proud of them. Really proud. And it doesn't always go like that with this club because we do some silly stuff, but we're not, we're getting it right. And that's a great thing. It really is a lovely thing. And I know that, you know, you go back to some of the good teams and the great teams. And I know 78, 79 is your fave. And, uh, obviously you were there for, for the, the great sides in the eighties as well. And, uh, you know, I can say that I go back probably and can relate to, you know, the first game I'm ever, I was ever aware of as, as a sentient human was, was, was Kenny putting away the winner against Bruges. That, that's what got me started as a, what was a foregone five-year-old um, being aware of what Liverpool was and what was going to mean to me. Uh, so you could say I was born glory hunter, actually, if you wanted, and that's fine, I'll accept that. But I don't think, Carl, I've ever connected with a side as much as I have with this one. That's a strange thing for a man of my vintage to be saying, but it's pretty true, and it would very much uh, echo the, the sentiment of what you're talking about. Everything is kind of good. There's not much that you can get upset about with this lot. They're doing everything right. And it's fun. It's I mean, fun. It's, it's, fun. It's, it's fun. I mean, and that, that's the big thing for me. Football is a laugh again. It's great. We're, we're, we're a proper side. And, you know, um, the problem I've always had, because I've always been um, labelled as a bit of a moaner when it comes to, you know, my writing and stuff like that, is because I've, I've always lamented the, the loss of these times. And, you know, when, when I'm being told that so-and-so is a legend and blah, 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 because we're fifth in the league and we're beating in six and something like that. And I was going, yeah, it's good. I'm not knocking it, but let's not use the word, let's not build statues just yet. But this, this is an age we're at now. And it's, it's, it's the feeling, and I didn't have this feeling in 2014. It's the feeling that it's not going away. And that, that's a lovely thing. I mean, that, I mean, I, that could be dragged up against me if it doesn't go the way we want it to go. But at the moment, I, you, you've got to find your happiness where you can in football, even at Liverpool. And, you know, I, I, I was thinking about poor people who support Torquay. Never want to think in their lives, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but it's, um, enjoy these times because they are quite rare. They are. And, uh, you know, and it's part of the reason why I didn't want to do too much in, te- in depth football chat this week because it is intentionally going to be a comparatively daft show because I feel a pressure, but also a confidence and the combo of the two about this next game and the absolute necessity of winning this trophy that I've never felt. I don't think I've ever felt it. I've, with previous teams that were great, you fully expected them to win. There was a quiet confidence. I have that, 
But I also feel this thing is so vital. I, I, I really, really do. And I, I think best save that type of potentially uh, worrisome chat for another occasion. And, and, and Cam, was there a, a
Oh, I mean, I mean, there's so many. We, we've talked about it a billion times, but it's the way that Virgil looks away after he's hit it and disgusted himself. I watched it literally an hour ago. I could watch it daily. It's just a marvelous moment. Yeah. I 90, would. Ninety-four minutes. Was was there a, was there a, even a, a close contention um, sort of rival in your mind for that, or was it just always that was all, that was that was just you were always going to go with that, so you didn't even entertain anything else. The closest I got was uh, Trent's fake corner. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think that's tight, you know, because again, big Divvy's involved and I think that's great. Uh, I love the fact that he's there for both. Uh, there, there would be tight for me, but want to be, um, I, 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 I said it as well. I said it as well. I don't think I had a moment where I was as enraptured watching a football match as when Divock did that against Everton until he did that after okay. Trent did that against Barcelona in that context. So for me, that's the one that wins out just because of the, the, the double and treble down in, in terms of, of, of significance. Um, I'm really interested to hear if Cam's going to go one well, or I was going to say, sorry, Joanna, if I, if I say, have you seen that, um, that clip of the steward walking past the same corner flag that he t- he's, he's quite an oldish bloke. He walks past that corner flag that he turns around and hits a fake ball. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's I've seen it on. Twitter, it's fantastic. Oh, I'll have to look that just, up. Just, just an old steward is just walking past it, then he just spins around and then kicks a fake ball into the same corner flag. It's marvellous. He's just reliving the moment for himself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man, that sounds great. Oh, no, I'll have to look and that a big, up. Big grin, big grin to his mate filming it. Ah, <laughs> yes. Love all that. Love all that. That's exactly what what it's all about so it's 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 everything for you it's barca for me what about cam what about your on-field moment of the year reds related on-field moment of the year no oh, it's it's hard to pick between either of those two i think um they were both just glorious in what they were at the time you know um Everton had played to be fair the, the best they've ever played for against us for a long long time that game if i remember rightly and um you know I think I'm just going to have to pick that one. Uh, I think it was just because of um, what Pickford had said about um, um, Alison. Alison Becker, sorry, yeah, his name completely eluded me for a second there. Yeah, how you said, oh, you know, you know, we don't, your goalkeeper shouldn't make mistakes or whatever. You know, gave an interview. You know, he did an interview. And it was in the papers and everything. So, um, you know, that was a. Uh, um, that was, I think, you know, that was poetic. It was ironic, everything, you know. So uh, I'm going to go with that one. I know, obviously, the Barcelona one was, it was magnificent because that that's the goal that's taken us to Madrid. But I just think for, you know, everything about that particular goal at that particular time, it was like, it was a big boost for us in, at that particular time in the season for us as well. And it was something we needed. We needed those three points to keep going and kick on so um yeah I'll, i'm gonna stick with that one so that's 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 a, a two to one and it's a one that i'm happy to go along with as well so the, the for undoubtedly the reds moment of the year on the pitch the trevi goes to mr divakarigi against everton and that's Hard to argue with. Special honourable mention. I'm not normally into this kind of nonsense. I'll be honest, right? I'm not a soppy individual generally, but you know, dads and daughters and all that kind of stuff gets me in the guts every time. And watching Mo's little one at the weekend, I have to say, just the joy on both of their faces. Mo, Mo, more his. He was just. It was just such a pure moment as he was watching her. He's so so enraptured, and I thought. 
I was delighted with the response of the fans, what they did for the kid and for Mo as a kind of act of appreciation. Just a gorgeous little moment. I have to say, like I say, not normally a thing I'd be into, but I really did enjoy that. But yeah. So the, and the inaugural Trevi of the, of the, of the, of the, uh, of the night then goes to Mr. Divacarigi against Everton. We have another football one as our second, um, uh, award category of the night. This one, a little bit different. This is, um, well, I mean, we can, let's just go straight forward. I want you, I want you to nominate your, uh, red of the year. Simple enough, really. It's not difficult, uh, in terms of, uh, what it can be anything. I don't need you to say Virgil because he's done this, that, or the other, and all the statistics. I don't care who it is. It can be anyone related to the club. It can be anything, uh, uh, to do with that particular bunch of individuals that we've been obsessed with all year. So if I was to hop that one off you, Carl, a tough call might necessarily be any of the players or the goal scorers uh, or anything like that. Who would be your red of the Tivoka, no, I'm not going to do him again. The answer's Virgil, obviously it is Virgil, but um, you know, just, just to be slightly different, I'm going to say James Milner, just because the amount of times he's come on in the last 20 minutes has steadied the ship. Um, I think he's so vital, I just wish he wasn't getting older. I think he's absolutely vital for Liverpool Football Club, and I don't think he's appreciated enough. I mean, I think he's appreciated by Liverpool fans, but around the country, I just think they see they see old midfielder, but he doesn't half calm that that club down because they're a very young side. So it is Virgil, of course it's Virgil, and of course it's Mo after that. Sadio Mane as well, but um, no, I don't think if they had a vote, then James Milner might be fifth or sixth. So I'm going to say him. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely love that. And I have to say, with every game that passed this season, my a- admiration for that kid grew. So I think that's a very, very valid um, shout. And I love it because what I particularly like about it is going to wind some people up who are listening to this, which is ma- magic. And uh, that's exactly what all these awards things should be about. By the, by the way, two weeks ago, if he hadn't got to Madrid, it would have been Henderson just to annoy people. They're lovely. Uh, yeah, I, 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 mine is is not necessarily man on the pitch at all. But what my, the, the big story for me this year with Lynn that not only have our players stepped up to the mark and 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 done similar to what they did last year, but they done they've done it in a different uh, also. Discipline. Um, it's like a different game that they're playing with different, different responsibilities and a different, a different, um, uh, game plan. Uh, and the man responds. What I, what I love about that is the fact that we have a manager who even at his age is willing to evolve. Uh, who's willing to, 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 to develop, uh, who is not so set in his ways or proud that you see with other arrogant in twats in the game, um, especially some of those guys in the British Managers Club who seem to think that they're entitled to things because of who they are, what they are. And you've got a man who's at the very top of the game there who has changed his philosophy and outlook in many ways on what that match day will look like and what that appearance of the Reds will look like in the park. And for me, I, I, it's without question for me. I, I didn't even hesitate here. There was no other man in my mind except Jurgen Klopp because he has taken us on yet another level this year. So for me, it'd be Jurgen. What about you, Cam? Adam Lallana. Yay, of course. Big lols. For not being on the pitch. Oh, <laughs> come on. Um, the, the greatest number 20 in our history. 
Apart from Pepe Reina. Apart from Pepe Reina, yeah. He was 20, wasn't he? I'll have to check now, damn it. No, I don't think he was. No, oh, Mascherano. Mascherano. Okay, thanks, Guy. Um, no, no, obviously it's 21. not. 21. Obviously, it's not Adam Lallana. Um, just, on the James, just on the James Milner shout, I listened to um, Graham Hunter do a pod with him uh, around Christmas time today. And um, that was interesting how he said, uh, um, Milner said at the end about how the Champions League final defeat last season really, really hurt players. You know, and they really wanted to get back to the final this year and prove a point. So that was maybe something people might want to listen to. They, they're, good, they're good, those pods, aren't they? Do you listen to the World Cup? Um, I stopped a while back and I'm going to get back into him because he, he obviously does a lot of different, different football people. And it's interesting to listen to people from other clubs and other, you know, yeah, backgrounds and how they go about things. I yeah, like, I, I, I like some of the early ones. He did a fantastic one with Beersley. He did a brilliant with, uh, one with Beersley, yeah. They good one with Sunes as well. There, there are some great ones there going back a bit. Then there's, yeah. I don't know. Do, 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 they they little, went off a bit. They went a bit flat. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. I thought. That's yeah. why I stopped listening. So The Don Hodgson one's very good. That's a two-part one, I think. Yeah, that's it? really good. Really yeah. interesting. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to listen to that one. So, But going back to um, uh, Man of the Season, I've got to agree with you, Trev. Uh, I think it totally has been Jurgen Klopp and how he has evolved this team and... Uh, how people were saying, no, he's so set in his ways. He only plays one style. And, you know, he's, he's shown that, no, he, he, along with his coaching staff, he's prepared to evolve his style. You know, there was all the worries last, at the end of last season when Bubac had gone that, you know, the brains was no longer there. And, and if you just look what he's done with that team this season. It's, it's nothing short of miraculous. Maybe miraculous is the wrong word. Sensational, I think, is a better word. Um, we we have been sensational this season, and just to be fair to some to some of the Manx, um, they've actually said that to me as well. They they have actually said, you know, your your team is is phenomenal. They are a fantastic football team in every sense of the word, and that is down to Jurgen Klopp. So, Steve Armstrong said something very similar on to Steve Armstrong for United We Stand said something very similar at the end of the Barcelona game. He says, he says, you just watch them and it's the way they fight for absolutely everything and give up. I said, oh, let's face it, lads, you, them, United, said, we'd love something like that. We just haven't got it. And, and I think that's very true. And I think that's a very it honest. It stems thing. from it's the like, top, doesn't it? It stems yeah. from the top. You know, but, I mean, but if, if, Mourinho now as well. I mean, I, I don't know if anybody's listened to Mourinho now. He's on BN Sports now. And he's a completely different person. He's not the sour, grumpy old bastard. He's a, a proper football pundit in that he's really, really, well, maybe I'm being biased now because he's saying nice things about Liverpool, but he's been so complimentary about Klopp and this Liverpool team. It's unreal. And it, it and so's Arsene Wenger. They're all coming out and saying what a fantastic football team this is. 
So, yeah, but neither of those guys ever need to work again. Wenger probably won't work in football again necessarily, and 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 Mourinho doesn't have to. Yeah. Mourinho, if Mourinho wants to get back into a really top job, he is going to have to rehabilitate himself because he's made this sort of uh, reputation for himself as this horrible, dour, horrible, destructive presence, and it's well earned. He's well earned that re- reputation. I won't say one thing about him. Um, in the same way as, as you're talking about Steve Armstrong talking about United, we were always capable of saying, oh, hats off to Ferguson, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think proper football people, uh, whatever your loyalties are, can do that. You can see what's going on and you can say, well, look, you have to admit that. But, but Mourinho must know that if he's going to try and get back into football, he's got, like, he, he's, he's been outgrown. You know, um, you look at how the people like, um, Guardiola and Klopp conduct themselves. You look at, you look at how the, their, the systems that they operate. The game has sort of left them a little bit behind. But the further you look at United with each and every week of Ollie at the wheel, his second place is looking like a bloody good achievement last season. So I think he's just being quiet and kind and nice because he knows. Yeah. <laughs> he knows there's an opportunity coming now because that has re- their shyness has rehabilitated his reputation. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, uh, which is quite interesting. So we've got two for Jurgen. That means the second Trevi of night does go to Mister Jurgen Klopp. Um, the, the 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 last sort of Reds related one exclusively that I want to that I wanted to put up there. I'm going to give you a choice between what what it is. So it can be either some sort of something like a um, well, there's two. So you can either have, and I don't know how much preparation you've done for this. You can ah, either it can sorry. either be your yeah yeah it can either be your favorite quote of the year, right? Or it can be your favorite, and this might be easier, but it will have to be not Divock your favorite <laughs> goal of the year. And I think that's probably easier because Christ knows there's a lot to choose from. So what do you think, quote or goal? You I've got, th- I've, I've got three goals in a top three. Right, let's go for the goals then, Cam, if you're okay with that, yes? Yeah, that's fine, yeah. Right, well, I'll get the ball rolling this time because my favourite goal of the year is actually one uh, that ended up counting for nothing. It was the goal that we scored against City, um, which is, I think, one of the goals of the season. Um, and I missed it live, the only game I've missed live. And when I saw that goal back, I couldn't believe that it didn't end up counting for something. It was just superb football by a superb football team. The only other team who could possibly have replicated that were the guys we were playing against. And I just thought that you can just tell by looking at that. Word, and and, and their goal wasn't bad either. Their winning goal was bad. And their winning goal team. wasn't bad either. But I just thought that was a much... In the same way that Mo Salah, Mo Salah's incredible goal against Spurs last year ended up being sort of lost, where he twisted and turned the entire mm-hmm. defence because they ended up getting that crappy penalty equaliser. Um, I felt very much the same about that goal. So that would be my left field shout, but I think you boys will probably have something a little bit more relatable for other people. So Cam, do you have anything in your locker there that you want to go with straight away? Um, I'll come back to you. I'm just having a little think. Uh, oh, okay. Carl's okay. got three. Carl's so got three, three. Let's go with those three. Yeah. I've got three. And well done if you can remember the third one because I've only saw it again recently. Number three, I would say, was is uh, Shakiri at Burnley away. Um, it's a sweeping cross from the left, which I imagine will be Robinson. Really, really deep. And he sort of side foot volleys it oh, into, in, into the corner. And it made it 2-1. And we were a goal down in that game. And yeah. we ended up winning 3-1 because we got the winner from, I want to say, Mane. 
Uh, now Milner scored at Arsenal, didn't he? Oh, no, um, Milner scored the equaliser, didn't he, I think. Did he? Sure, Milner scored that day. I can't remember now. Um, yeah, so that, that's my number three, definitely. Number two is Roberto Firmino's second goal against Arsenal at home, where he basically just decided to go through the entire defence twice. And, and I still maintain to this day that as he pulled his foot back to hit it, he, he said in this accent, fuck off. <laughs> Absolutely convinced he did that. Just fucking have that. Yeah, it's, yeah. Where, it's, it's where he basically just waltzed through everyone. I've never seen him score a goal like that. You know, he's he's very good for the you know the no look goal and you know a death little finish or a header. I've never seen him weep between players anymore. And the first goal, the Divock Origi goal, is that, that's the that's my category title. But my goal of the season is oh fuck you, is Daniel Sturridge against Chelsea. Thanks, guy. Um, <laughs> it's just. I was at the ground. It was it was injury time or about 94, 84 minutes or something like that. And I've never seen an away game go go off like that because we were just we were losing. We were going to lose that game. It was going to be our first defeat of the season. Chelsea were a big rival at the time, and he just pulled his foot back. And Jesus Christ! I, I, I think I said this at the time because I was quite low down in the stand. Um, so I'm sort of having to look through players to look at the back of the net, and there, it was one of those things where the ball was in the net, and I genuinely thought, how did that get in there? And then I realised what it meant. And then everyone, I think I, I, I wrote about that at the time and said, I, I genuinely ended up standing on my mate. It's that sort of celebration. That was the goal of the season for me. Yeah, hard to argue with that, to be fair. Hard to argue with that at all. And I've just uh, taken three away from camp. It, well, it's, um, it's, 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 it's not it's, helped it's, you there, have you? You've not helped me. Well, you, 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 you don't have to have different choices. That's the whole point no, no, here. No, no, no. And, and, and just, just to double down in case it was lost for listeners there in the background, we did have Guy piping up with Sturridge versus Chelsea for him just too. Just so, about to say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do like that. Um, that's, that's, it's looking like that could be a contender so far. Cam, what about yourself? Okay. Well, I actually tweeted my goal of the season. Uh, to Andy Wales uh, and Guy, if he bothered to look, because uh, they were asking this very question back on their, for the Reds Review Show. So I tweeted this at 6 o'clock. Uh, it's now coming up to quarter past nine. So I'll do my three. So my third goal would be uh, the Bobby Firmino goal against Arsenal um, at Anfield. That was, it was a, a magnificent goal. It was it was brilliant skill from Bobby. But I think he put two of them, two of their players on the backside. And um, is it because we were goal down and he scored two in a minute? Yeah, we, we he just, won the game. He just won the game. I know we got, we, I know we got the hat. Did we win it five one that day? Five when he got the, he got the, he scored the penalty. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mo gave him the penalty, yeah. which cost him the yeah. golden boot. But yeah, Mo's all about the diving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's not a sportsman. So um, the second goal for me would be Mo Salah's goal against. Uh, Chelsea at the cop end. Um, God, I didn't even thought of that. Yeah, that was all yeah. right, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't bad. But even though I think he actually, his his touch before he shot, he'd actually overrun the ball and that then made him have to shoot because yeah. the player was coming in too quick to close the angle down. So he had to shoot. He didn't have any other choice. So the bad touch made the goal. But the finish was unbelievable. But... I can't believe this. Um, the goal I'm going for, um, Firmino versus City away. Brilliant team goal. Yes, yeah. it's, it's, it's the ball across the box by Trent as well. It's, it's, there's so many good things in that, in that goal. 
you know, Alison Diamond had we, we were we were moving, we moved that city team left to right, left to right, back to front. It was not the most perfect team goal ever. Obviously, you know, you, we can never say that, but this season, that was the best team goal because there were so many players who actually touched the ball. I mean, we must have had about, what was it, 27 passes? Yeah, yeah it about was that. nearly 30, it, yeah. Yeah, it was nearly 30 passes. I think the only person who didn't touch the ball was Alison Becker. I think everybody else touched the ball. Um, it was just, it was just brilliant. You know, I mean, if you look at where the players were and how they were moving that, that city team around and the crossfield passes by Robertson and Trent, I mean, Trent's pass to Robertson with his left foot. Let's not forget that. Yes. Yeah. It's right footed and it was left foot and it was from one side of the pitch to the other and it yeah. was a perfect pass. Yeah, yeah, it was sublime. What a goal! Well, I love the detail you've gone into there to uh, to, to to talk about that. And I, I, it's we've had no conversations about this at all. In fact, I was fully convinced I was going to pitch up here tonight, um, listeners, and that these lads would have said, "What do you mean we were supposed to think about this?" So it is interesting that we've got two category or two two contenders there for this particular uh, uh, award. I do think. I'm going to go against myself here with Guy and Carl because I think that Sturridge thing being a winner maybe just gives it that little bit of extra kudos. So I think we'll give that uh, goal of the year to Danny Sturridge against Chelsea. Equaliser. No, sorry, sorry, yes, uh, but, yeah. well, sorry, it was, that's what I meant. To say. It was, it, 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 in the, it, in it, the context it, of the game, it, it felt like a win. Yeah, yeah. But it, it had a tremendous significance in terms of the reaction on the, on the stands and all the rest of it. So, yeah, I think for me, I think I'm, I, I will lean that way on that one. Now we're going into non-LFC related, uh, but also football. First one is we'll go start off trying to be friendly. Okay. We're going to try and be nice here. So I, I mentioned this one in, in the, in the chats, um, a couple of days ago. I'd like you to give me your shout for who's the best opposition manager that we came up against. You can say based on him being a sound lad or just being a very good manager. I don't really care. I'm just interested to hear what your shouts are here on this. So best opposition manager. What would you say? On that one, uh, Carl, you must have a thought on that. In terms of football, it's, it's Guardiola because the, the man's got 198 points in two seasons. You know, no matter what you think of him, that's pretty good. And the money, and I know there's the whole, you know, where's it legal? I'm not really interested in that sort of thing. He's just a very, very good manager. And fair enough. And I, I thought they deserved to beat us in both games. So it's not that. I really like um, um, Emery. He just strikes me as a good man. I don't know anything about him other than he looks like the snooker player Ray Reardon. But yeah. uh, I just, I just think he's, 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 he's come in and, and done a very, very good job where he is, and to take them to a European final in his first season. Um, it, although it, it, it's obviously it's his tournament because he's won it what twenty-seven times in a row or something. But um, yeah, I quite like him. I think he's all right. He's the antithesis of Neil Warnock, who is a gobshite. Well, he may well feature later on um, when we get less sort of t- the touchy feely and happy in our categories. So, what about you, Cam? Your your shout for best opposition manager um, that we faced over the course of the year? I can't say Colin Mankin, can I? Well, not, not not if you want to be taken seriously. No. Oh, okay. Um, it's not Colin Mankin then. Um, I I quite like Sarri. Oh think, yeah. Yeah, I think he's been. I think he. You know, the way him and Klopp. Uh, were quite 
they're quite good with each other after after both games. Yeah, that so shows that shows a, a really really good good time respect and and guys just stolen it. Um, it was a Nuno Spirito Santo, uh, the Wolves manager. I, I just think he's been. I think what he's done with Wolves has been phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. You know, and a, gr- a great beard as well. Oh. Beard game is amazing. And, you know, he, he should have just got manager of the season just for his beard. You, you can lose a badger in that, to quote Blackadder. <laughs> <laughs> lose a manager in it. <laughs> and, and guys, right, actually, there's another one, a cheeky Rafa shout. He's done, he's done all right this season, hasn't he? Astonishing. You know, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, uh, like I say, sorry or Santo for me. I think they've, uh, I, I think I think Sarri's uh, under extreme pressure. You know, he's, a, he's expected to come in and just great Sarri ball, just like that. And he got uh, third. They they finished above Tottenham. I know. That, uh, no one's talking about that. Like Tottenham, it were our rivals. Fourth. Yeah, and I, I, I for for that particular reason, um, it's interesting you bring up Tottenham. I think I think that guy's done done really well. Um, Really well with that club, um, to get them to where they are. I don't think it's any coincidence that he's the manager when they get to a Champions League final. I think sometimes there's a sort of a cult of, of around a manager and, and, and players buy in. I think they really bought in to whatever he's selling there. So I do rate him highly, but I would say I'd make, I'd have made it three, uh, three out of four for Nuno as well. Uh, just because what, what's been achieved there is, is quite remarkable in, in a straight up, uh, and, and they don't look like other clubs did, like say Hull did when they did well that time or, um, other clubs who've come up and done all right. They look like it's very solid. And I think that's, there's a lot to be said for that. And guys in the comments said like that we were very comfortable against them twice. And that's true. But then again, the Reds have been comfortable or better than everybody they've taken the field. I, I, I thought they gave us a game on Saturday. On, they you know, did. On Sunday. I thought they did. They and they defended, they defended very well. They did the last time too. They they had something about them, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so so. I, I they've I, got the best uh, record outside of the top six against the top six. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so for me, it's uh, it's old um, Captain Birdseye there. I'll give it to him. Uh, we are getting into a different category now. Um, this time, I'm looking for two, one after the other, and I'm going to tell you what both of them are because I want you to be aware that they're different. So the first category is who's the biggest weirdo that we've encountered over the course of the season, and the second one is who's the biggest dickhead we've encountered over the course of the season. These are two very <laughs> different things, and I want you to think about them as different categories. I will start the ball rolling with the weirdo thing because I was very, very torn here. You had on the one hand the marvelous absolutely era-defining oddness of Colin Wanker going full Liam Gallagher up to the camera whilst chewing gum. That was a remarkable moment that in and of itself is probably one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. However, I think I might be saving him up for a different category. So for me, always, the man with the bodies in the crawl space, the oddest little man in European football, it's Tommy Tuchel. Yeah, so for- nice shot. Good shot. <laughs> For me, he's the weirdest little man that I, 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 we've encountered this year. I don't know if anyone wants to jump in straight away on the weird category, whether Carl or Cam, you fancy it first, but I, either way, give it a shout. That's, I yeah. think that's a really good shout. I haven't really thought of the weirdness one, but that's a really, really good shout because he is a strange little man. 
And, um, and I think Mourinho's going to replace him eventually. I'm fairly sure he's going to go to PSG. But um, yeah, I think I think that's a brilliant shout. Um, ordinarily, I'd just say Hodgson. But um, yeah, and, and you see, that's the thing. He, his weirdness is really underrated. He is an yeah. odd man. He's a very odd human. And I think I think we were just too disgusted with other aspects of his personality at the time to realise what a fucking oddball he is. Yeah. So like, I, he's definitely he's definitely in with a shout. Um, Cam, can you think of anyone else to rival Tommy? And to be honest, I've, I've never really paid much attention to Tommy. I know you guys have you've mentioned it quite a few times, and I've just never really. All, all, always furious, regardless of what's going on in front. Yeah, of yeah. I suppose he is always. Yeah, uh, he's, he's never in the wrong when his team is losing, are they? Yeah, it's always the opposition and, and, and I was, I was for beating the away, and he was he was he was furious at the final whistle when they won. He was still roaring at people for no reason. He's an odd little man. Mm, I, I, I mean, I like, I like the hot show. I mean, yeah. real, realistically as well, from the stories you've heard, uh, Daishi's in with a shout there of being a bit of a, a proper I, I, weirdo. I love your fixation on Sean Daish. I really love that. <laughs> he's, he's a strange man. I, I don't know what to make of him. Um, I, I did love the way halfway through the season he was talking about himself in very sort of enigmatic terms and his contract. And then things just fell away, um, and he'll be lucky to just um, be retaining that particular job. But the whole eating worms thing, there's too much behind that. I, I, I believe that's real, and therefore he'd be he'd be in with a shout. But I think we've got a winner there, sort of a. I think we've got a winner in in, in Tommy Tuchel as as biggest weirdo. Now there is a, a very different uh, flavor to the next one. Um, this is somebody who's annoyed the shit out of you for one reason or another. Um, this is a guy or a girl or uh, whoever that you've just decided is uh, someone that you definitely, definitely feel animosity towards. So who for you then is the biggest dickhead of the season? Colin Wanker. Is he? Oh, and, and why? Specifically? Why specifically? What is it about him? Is it the fact that he seems to be he detests he detests yeah. Liverpool. He yeah. totally detests Liverpool. He he deliberately I believe he deliberately told his players, don't bother trying against Man City or in any way. Don't give a you know, just have a day off, lads. It's all right. It's party time, you're on the beach. Doesn't matter if we get relegated. You know, he he, he hates us. And it, it's not just this season. It's been going on for years. Apparently his record against Liverpool is brilliant. He's He's done jack against Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, sure. So fuck all. It's because we got him relegated. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he, he, he thinks getting a draw against us when we were trying to chase 50 goals to overturn goal difference is a, is a massive achievement. Yeah. That's the well, highlight of his career. Well, well but, done, mate. Which, which division are you in again? Oh, yeah. But as the game was coming up, the, the funniest thing about him and why he's more of a weirdo for me and it was actually funny it was it was it was Jan Mulby who said he's, he's a bit weird Trev he'd, he'd heard it on the grapevine that he's a bit weird and why he's more of a weirdo for me was in the build up to the Liverpool most re- recent Liverpool Cardiff game he was talking about his great record against us which is actually just patently untrue yeah. and you know they were they were nowhere in the league they were the, 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 the arse has fallen out of their season and then he's doing that odd thing to the camera. I just think he's a little bit of an oddball. For me, then, that sort of oddness makes him less repellent in some sort of strange way than, for me, my dickhead of the year. And it's the same reason, Cam, that you've got. My dickhead of the year is Richard Keyes. Uh, 
Because Richard T. Richard Keyes. Here's an Eddie shout. Here's an yeah. Eddie call. Here's an Eddie shout. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That guy's got, uh, now it, maybe it's, it's, it's a lesser panel than what, or, or sorry, um, uh, platform than what it used to be, but it nonetheless is a major, uh, channel and he's, he's been employed there alongside his mate. Again, like a little shout out for the month, one month of the season on TV. It's Barnsley and, and, and Andy Gray with his head down. And, and their antipathy as a pair towards Liverpool, but him in particular, is remarkable. And the reason I mention him is not even because I, I, don't, I don't even like giving a knobhead like that the, the oxygen of celebrity, but he will not let it lie. So as a result, I think he deserves to be getting a little poke in the chest back every so often. Uh, so my shout would be Richard Keyes. Can you come up with anything uh, different, Carl? I've got quite a few contenders. I'd say Stuart Brennan. Oh, um, God. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, in case news. people are wondering, Manchester Evening News. Mate, you're, you're, you're a fucking journalist in your 40s, 50s, whatever. You're not writing for a fanzine. You know, you shouldn't be doing fucking lol things. Oh, I was just fucking bellowing that bloke. Um, and, and that, the thing is, I sort of don't like saying that because it sounds like I'm sort of, I'm angered by him. But I just don't see why you train your entire life to become you know, a patch reporter on a football newspaper, or the sorry, the, the football elements of that, and then just not bother fucking writing properly. I just don't understand that at all. Um, Adrian Durham, I'd, I always throw him in just because um, uh, from Talksport, just because he is, oh, he's just everything, every furious about about the world in general. John, Johnny Vaughan does a really good impression of him, where he says he said uh, he said Arsene Wenger should never have a holiday for the rest of his life. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> that's pretty much what his show is. That's pretty much what his show is, right? Um, and I, I was, uh, for some reason, I wasn't listening to Radio 5, which is what I normally do on Radio 4, uh, on the way back from somewhere. And one of the things he had, this is months ago, was City were playing some game they were already going to win. They'd already won it by the time they kicked off. It was one of those sort of games. And he was furious because Phil Foden wasn't on the bench. And it was full frothing mouth stuff. And the thing that I don't like about it is, He's not that angry. He's just trying to get you angry. Um, so he's in the ranking as well. But I'm going to go for his mate, Jim White. Because Jim, Jim White is quite possibly the biggest prick I've ever heard in my life in talk sports. He does a morning show with Dean Saunders. So I, I you know, there's, there's, there's not many books in that studio. Let's put it that way. Uh, and, um, <laughs> and, and, and Bob Mills, who yeah. fucking, fuck knows what Bob Mills has got any qualification for whatsoever. What an absolute prick that human being is! But Jim White is—he's—he's he's basically your blazer and slacks man. And uh, I had it on today. I had to drive out somewhere today and I put it on for the first five minutes. And he's going on about the, um, you know, the city stuff that happened today about the song and everything. And oh Jesus Christ! Honestly, it's just—it's basically like letting a chimp into a studio and hoping they talk into a mic. That's exactly what it is. Absolute imbeciles. And the thing that annoys more than anything else is it works. When Liverpool fans ring in, I think I just I couldn't. I, if you were in, came up to me in a pub, I'd have to walk away from you, mate. Because if you're ringing in and taking part of that circus, then oh, honestly, Jim White is just fucking where football gives up. Is, 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 I'll try again. Is this the same Jim White who used to be on Sky? Yeah, yes, yeah. he's the he's the transfer deadline guy. You know, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's a screaming hysterical prima donna. Who loves the sound of his own voice? And uh, it's it's a, it's a, there's a that's a couple of great shouts, and it's it's actually it's a, a cat it's a category rich in candidates, and you know. I'll, I'll, sorry, sorry, I'll say one more thing because I think it sums them up. Because I thought about this, um, I wrote about him recently. 
Um, I don't think he's ever been to a football match in jeans. No chance. And yet he's got a, a show on a football show listed to by X million people. Yeah. You could just add a, you could add uh, Mike Parry and Alan Brazil to this. Mike, Mike, I think Mike Parry's just quite cartoon though. Alan Brazil is just obviously just an absolute fucking anus of a human being. Yeah. But um, Mike Parry, yeah. he, he tweets some stupid stuff. Well, j- 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 Mike Parry once had a photo of him taken on the tube of him reading the Sun, um, it's, and, it's he, an, and, he, and he allowed that photo to be taken, and he's a scouser. I mean, I fuck off. Isn't Mike Parry the cinnamon challenge? Yeah, yeah. that's him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, okay, I, right. He, I mean, he gets, a, he gets a pass just for that. Again, that's almost weird. Like he's almost too weird to be a proper dickhead. I, I, but and by the way, I know we're not going into it, and I, I'm I, we just you skirted around the edge of it. I'm going to skirt right back around the other edge of it. A good late shout for dickhead of the year would be whoever's in charge of PR uh, and official statements for Manchester City after yeah. today. That's just yeah. a little, a little, you're, little. You're, you're, you're a football lad, not a fucking. It's not the fucking lad bible. Yeah, little, just a little nod in that direction. But okay, so we've had several. We've had several uh, guys chipped in uh, with Anthony Taylor, which is, which is strong. We, we 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 fully forgot the whole referee angle here. Um, Mike Dean again is too weird to be a dickhead for me. Uh, he no, he's definitely dickhead. not a dickhead. He's not a dickhead. I love Mike yeah, so the, the, tram, the, tram, the tram thing was great. I really enjoyed that. But yeah, he's 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 a, a, a proper oddball. So, what what do you think? I'm uh, all of them. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm reluctant. I'm reluctant. We'll let them all share it for a month each because we've a, come up with at least twelve lads there. It's a Trevi Fountain. It's, oh, beautiful! Beautiful. God, I'm proud of that. God, That's I'm proud happy. of that. Back in the net. Back in the net. <laughs> uh, I, I, I am, I am Anita Ekberg, uh, splashing around. <laughs> uh, and you can be, you can be bombing past on your little, uh, on your little scooter there, like Marcelo Mastroianni there. And the uh, my hat. Oh, f- fucking hell. Oh, listen, sorry. We hereby interrupt this, uh, podcast to make an announcement, an announcement that a picture was posted. Into our group chat today, yesterday, yeah, today, today, this morning. Okay, okay. Of, That's why I was in the car. Let's go and pick it up. Of young cop back in a hat. Now I asked you a very straightforward question. I never got an answer. It but, actually, it, uh, basically, what type of hat was it? It looked. I, I asked you, is that? It looks. It looked almost like the style of hat the droogs wear in. It's Pac-Wan not quite Church. a bowler hat. It's more like the bloke from Run DMC, I think. Or tell you what. I'll tell you what's very close to. What's it called? The, is it like a Humber or something? There's a it's name not on that. Humberg, no, it's, it's, it's supposed to be a pork pie hat. It's, it's supposed to be what Mad Men used to wear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like that the, sort of thing. The, the, the I, 60s. Yeah, and you know Godfather 2 where Clemenza steals the carpets in the house? That it's that hat. sort of hat. Yes, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and, and uh, 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 Carl, fucking hell, man, explain. I just fancied it. I, I, I was watching the match on Sunday and I just thought, um, I, I, this has got nothing to do with hair loss at all. But I thought, um, yeah, I, I've just always fancied a hat like that. And it was, I've got a huge head and, um, this one was the right size. I thought, yeah, I, do, I think I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. And I, I wore it today. That's fucking okay. tremendous, man. That's fucking I'll, tremendous. I'll, I'll put it on the Instagram. I won't put the picture of me on it because no one needs to see that. But, um, uh, I'll put the picture of it sat on my car seat. Very, very pleased with it. 
A hundred percent get that up there because I mean, it's, I just feel like we've had a breakthrough here after all our hot chat. And just again, for the sake of, of our, 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 our lovely listeners who we appreciate immensely, uh, just to give you a little insight into the things that happen in these conversations, Carl posts a picture. I go, excellent hat. And, uh, what kind of hat is it? Is it like blah, blah, blah? And Cam goes, Oh, I love that. Carl, you're great. Carl, that's an amazing hat that you're wearing. So much better than any of that shit woolly hats that Trev wears. This, folks, is a typical day. Well, I was thinking that, Cam, have you ever seen Trev without a hat on? Well, no, he doesn't wear hats. He wears woolly shit. Well, you know, have you ever, have you ever seen, have you ever seen him with, 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 with naked head? Yeah, loads of times. You, you, it's, 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 even at the gym, you've always got your hoodie up. Yeah. It, it's as if you don't even look at, 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 at my Instagram, um, since I, since, since you started, since we started doing Instagram, like fucking absolute dopes in our fucking forties and fifties. Well, you're not a star anymore, Trevor. That's what it is. You also mostly picture of fields and books so you can look clever in the background, isn't it? It's, it's wine now, isn't it? Have you noticed? Yeah, yeah. I, I, hang on, hang on. What do you mean I'm not the star anymore? What's, what's, what, what the fuck's the context? <laughs> what's, what's the context for that, pal? As in the Instagram thing. It's more about our account now. Oh, I see. AI main people. AI main. Will you follow for fuck's sake? Uh, we have, we have a, a ridiculous amount of followers. It's not like we're asking you to do anything or devote any time. Just follow the fucking account, please. Because oh, by, by the way, we will reply to messages at some point. Just that we're all shy. That's why. But we will. Yeah. We, we, we all decided that we'd, we'd split the, well, actually, yeah. yeah. Cam said he, Cam said he'd do it and he didn't. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Check the account if there's any message that's not being replied to. Oh, Christ. I okay. did it! <laughs> or maybe okay. I did. Uh, now that you've introduced a different theme and we've, we've discussed, we've gone uh, hat wise, Cam, uh, Carl actually suggested a category, half in jest, but also I love it. Uh, and it's best trousers of the year. It can be a pair of pants you wore or bought or did saw. I, did I say yeah. that? Yeah. No, yeah. no, it wasn't. It was Phil. Wasn't it Phil? Or was it? No, no, no. It's or in our it? chat. It's in was our it? chat. It's is by it? Mr. Okay. Best Trousers sponsored by Zara. There it is. From oh, you. of course, yeah. Yeah, so, the Range Awards, yeah. So, best trues of the, of the season. It can be your own, and you're not allowed to go with the red pent uh, cam. It's going to have to be something different. This year. Yeah, so it's going to have to be something different. I will start the ball rolling here because I went with a very, very, very uh, risque uh, uh, effort uh, during the summer where I bought one of those cropped pairs of uh, of slacks type chinos things and they weren't just a plain color. Oh God, no, they were Czech. They were checked uh, in a kind of old fashioned, almost 80s slacks way. That was quite a statement. And it, it, do you play a lot of golf these days, Trevor? Uh, Carl, I'd, I'd have been laughed <laughs> off a golf course because they were, they, they were cropped, right? And they're they're quite they're, they're like they're skinny trousers, and you wear them with no socks, like a proper dickhead. So for me, that's absolutely out there as my trousers of the year, and I'm not sure why, uh, but I've worn them again since, so they can't be that awful. <laughs> um, Cam, you've had time to think about it, and your ex- your uh, wardrobe is extensive. Because we all know that Carl's going to say, "Fucking Levi's, mate." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just which Levi's. I'm curious as to which Levi's. But Cam, pretty much. <laughs> with your with your with your extensive uh, collection of pent, which have you gone for? Um, I, I recently purchased some uh, 
white jeans from Zara. And um white jeans, I, Fuck white hell. jeans, yeah, yeah. I like the, I like the. It had like a, a nice stripe going across the knees. It was like a little fold. It was like a, about five six folds going across the knee. So, oh, yeah. uh, sick. So, uh, but then what it was, um I'm one meter eighty. So when I went on the measurement, because I ordered them online because I had a voucher and I couldn't bother to go in store. So, um and. I, I love, I love that people buy you Zara vouchers. I'm really happy with that. It was it was a birthday present. Uh, that, that is yeah. particularly nice. I also yeah. love the fact that you you speak metric. I don't speak metric. No. Oh, all right, five, five foot eleven. Uh, okay. So um, I went on the uh, on the the guide to you know to make sure I get the right size. And so yeah, uh, one meter eighty exactly perfect. That's me. I love them. So of course, the jeans arrive. And I didn't realise they're they're the top jeans that sit above your um, ankles. See, you've got the same kind of pant as me. Same, yeah, same as you. So, so yeah, I, you know, I, I wear them with uh, you know trainers and ankle socks. You know, the really short, you know, little socks that you have in whatever they're called. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know, I know. Yeah, I know, I know, I know exactly the ones. I've got, I've got loads of them for for gym wear. But again, sometimes, yeah, yeah. if you, I'll, I'll wear them in Madrid. I wear them in Madrid. Body who's listening is he catches us in Madrid. I'll be wearing them on the Friday. I won't wear them yes. on Saturday. Yeah, I'll wear them on the Friday night. Knows where to walk away from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep an eye out for Cam's cropped pent. And uh, what about um, what about yourself? Uh, oh, sorry, Charles? one sec. Get in Derby. Sorry. Uh, hang on, they've beaten Leeds. Derby uh, guys, just put it in there. Derby are through to the playoff final. Oh, yeah. Jesus, I know. Christ. I'm, I'm um, Derby's my second team. If oh, I, I, know, I know quite so, a few upset people actually now. Oh, Brundish, wow. come on, lad. Sorry. Oof, oof. Um, uh, Carl, uh, is, is it is it simply a case of your absolutely treasured pair of Levi's? You you always give that impression, man, that you have uh, very restrictive tastes when it comes to the trousers department. Levi five hundred ones, Levi's. Uh, I've got black Levi's as well. Uh, I like diesel jeans to just the, the standard ones. Um, but my favourite trousers of all time are the leather trousers Susie Quattro wears in Happy Days. Oh, fucking hell, what a shout. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, oh. or the snakeskin ones that Adriana wears in The Sopranos. Holy shit. Now we're yeah. talking. Now we're talking. <laughs> this is so much better. I like. I love the way you. I love the way you've you've made another effortless segue for me here. Because before we get into the last few, which will be the ones suggested on Twitter, and they'll be quite rapid fire. Uh, there is one that we want to have because, um, again, let's just be completely upfront and honest with our with our listeners. We do quite often talk about what we're watching, and that will often split off into categories of conversation about how absolutely lovely a certain lady is or a certain other lady is, and we will have long rambling chats. And actually, it's weird because it's not awfully salacious, crude, vulgar stuff. That no, you'd no, expect. hardly ever, to be honest. It's it's not. That's it that's not. Isn't. It's not the type of WhatsApp chat that you're thinking. It's just genuinely kind of, oh my God, that is one lovely looking person, that type of thing. Or So I have decided that the last award of the night will be absolutely that, uh, your most inspirational, um, um, lovely lady of the year. Um, and I know it's, it's a little bit, um, a little bit, um, restrictive in terms of, um, 
the fact that we've, it's uh, three heterosexual dudes of a certain age, but what are you going to do? It's uh, I'd love to be more representative. I'm sorry, I can't help you here. So uh, you're absolute lady of the year. And again, I I, I think it, it could be a tight run thing for Kopak. It's I'm very not, for me. Uh, I'm not sure where Branchy's going in terms of who it is, but I'm going to start with Cam, just to put him under a bit of pressure. So who is it for you, your lovely Lady of the Year award? Uh, Mrs. B, Mrs. B, Mrs. B. Aside from Mrs. B. Sorry, lovely telly Lady of the Year. I should have, I should have, I should have uh, clarified that. Thank you. Save my bacon. Yeah. Um, Aside from Mrs. B, uh, I've got a choice of two here. Um, I'm currently very invested in two particular shows. Oh, yeah? One one is Brooklyn Nine-Nine again. Because okay. it's just the greatest comedy ever. It's tremendous fun. It is. And the other one is obviously uh, Game of Thrones. So I've picked one person from each. Okay. Um, so from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it's not who you think it is. Um, for me, it's Stephanie Beatrice, who plays Rosa Diaz. Okay. Very nice. And By the way. Great jeans work there as well. She <laughs> never fails to disappoint. So, yeah. um, and then um, <laughs> from Game of Thrones, it's uh, Sophie Turner who plays uh, Sansa Stark. So um, I think they're just both magnificent um, actresses. Actresses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, keep it clean. So yeah, uh, absolutely, yeah, let, I'm, yeah. I'm, letting you, I'm letting you off the hook there with that. That's Thank you very much. Um, so you want me to choose one out of those two now, don't you? I, I, I do, I do, because this is an individual Trevi that's going to your particular choice. You can't, uh, we can't uh, pick one here for okay. all. The then it has to be Stephanie Beatrice for me. Stephanie Beatrice. Now, uh, Drinkle's gone very quiet in the background. I'm sure he's just going to type, um, what's her name? Um, Kira Knightley any moment now. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure Kira Knightley's name is getting typed as we, oh, here he's typing. <laughs> here so, he goes. Uh, okay. So what's the chances? It's, it's definitely going to be. Oh, Emma Stone every year. Emma Stone every year. Okay, man. Yeah, okay. Well, I can see where you're coming from with that. Uh, anyone who knows me at all will know that um, since I discovered the wonder that is Instagram about a year ago, I've been absolutely mightily obsessed with the beautiful Kate Beckinsale who comes on every day with little videos just to brighten my life up because she is just the most ridiculous looking fit 45 year old you've ever seen so for me it's just i, I and and we, carl we spoke about this before as well there's something about that slightly posh accent that um maybe it's because i'm very much a country boy from uh, uh whatever the equivalent of working class is in, in in ireland um it's i do like it i do like it quite a lot yeah so for me it, it's it's absolutely there's no competition i've just been obsessing over back and sell for the whole year what about you carl i i i, I can guess which two it's between the two yeah it's either jody coma um uh, and I'm, I'm not doing this on lascivious grounds, actually. I'm doing it on uh, genuine sheer talent, because Joe, Jodie Comer's speech to the bastards was fantastic. I like the fact that she referenced her nan in a thick Scouse accent. It was, um, it was a lovely speech, yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, the woman of the year for me is, and not just because of the way she looks around like that, is Phoebe Wallerbridge. Yes, I, I did think that. Just because just she's, I, I genuinely think she's a genius. Fantastic woman. Fleabag is an incredible program. Killing Eve, which he wrote as a, a well, she wrote the screenplay for, is an incredible program. 
and uh, she's got a fascinating mind. A fascinating mind. Yeah, she has. Oh. I just I think her writing is it's so quirky here, right? If it wasn't that, I'd obviously say Misha and people just do nothing. Oh, Misha, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Misha, and, Misha, and... I think Misha's great because she's so cruel to her children, to her kids. It just makes me laugh all the time. I, I, in the recent series when she started dancing, um, holy shit. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't, again, I don't mean that I was, I was mortified, uh, more than anything yeah, else. Yeah, it's, it's uh, horrible scene. Yeah. It's, it's just a really grim, it's a really grim scene. So we had a couple of shows just to finish this up because I'm sure guys in the background go, well, you guys go to bed for fuck's sake. Um, there, we had a few shouts from Twitter. I'm thinking maybe we might save these up for uh, for another occasion because there are actually some great ones. But we'll finish off with two. Uh, one is bringing us back a little bit around to the footy, which is uh, Joel asking for best gold celebration. Now, we must have thoughts on this. We must have some thoughts on this. And then yes. the, other one, the other one is from Dino, who is doing the best attempt at stealing a living in the Premier League. Now, I like these because they're both kind of back into the football to see us out. One's a bit divisive, one's sort of a bit kind of, um, we can be getting a bit catty to finish off. But let's start off with goal celebration. Yeah, so, so for me, the, look, it's it's not even one celebration. It's every celebration for Sadio Mane because uh, I, I love this thing that's going on there between Sadio and Bobby and whoever the hell else is a go, a, a going and being innovative and Sadio just does it the next week because Sadio scores so many goals. He's safe in the knowledge that he'll get a chance to do it the next week. So it's all wrapped up in how brilliant we are and the, 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 the quirkiness of some of our lads. I just love them so much. And by the way, it was a good shout earlier on from, from Guy in the, in the, in the, uh, in the chat there, when we were talking about weirdos, the fact that we didn't mention Bobby was a miss. But anyway, Cam, what about you? Best goal celebration? Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier, putting up in one of the questions uh, about this particular player, and it's uh, it's Ginny. Every time he scores, um, he's uh, he's just pure emotion, anger, and everything, and he's just you know the expression on his face. You, you, you know, he put everything into that goal. You know the the celebration um was it Cardiff away when he scored yeah um the the yeah the anger and the weight and to stay over to grab the ball to get back to the center circle, you know every goal that he scores it, it has a meaning and it and it means so much to him as well, so um so yeah it's uh it's Jenny Jenny shout out to Hendo in that category as well to be but, fair. But, Shout out to Hendo, but also, have you noticed uh, every time we score a goal, Virgil is always the last one to go and celebrate with the player. You always make sure he just gives him a little well done, lad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, again, tells you a lot about the role of that man in the team. Um, Carl, what about yourself? Goal celebration of the year? Um, they've all, they're not as good as they were because Rob, Robbie Farr was obviously the master at this, but, uh, and Ian Wright as well. But I'm going to go for Firmino, the winner against PSG after he got his eye gouged out of Tottenham the week before, when he just puts his hand over one eye and just stands ah, there. Lovely shit. Marvellous. Yeah. Just, just, just lovely, that. That's a fantastic... Oh, that's a great I, job by guys. Well, I'm going to slightly add what guys just said. Tim Ockerigi doesn't know how to celebrate a goal. He just, he, doesn't doesn't. Know, he, just, he just looks baffled. Yeah. Well, well, he doesn't know what he's done. Yeah. Yeah, so in and of itself, it's it, it's almost uh, it's it's quite endearing, that isn't it? It's quite an yeah. endearing thing. Yeah, he's he's. But I I, I do you know what? I'm going to pull around here and say that I love that shout. 
I love that uh, that Bobby shout because it's 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 just about and 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 having mentioned him there in the weirdo category, that's just about quirky enough. Last one then, who is it for you in the Premier League that is in fact stealing a living? Who is getting the Trevi for stealing a living in the Premier League? Any thoughts on this? Alexis Sanchez. <laughs> oh, great job, great job. <laughs> he's still, he's stealing about a small town's worth of livings. I mean, he's sweet. He's stealing a small country's GDP. <laughs> he really is. What is it like? It's, it's, uh, is 450 it, grand a week or something? One, one, yeah, well, it's, yeah about it's, it's about 1.6 to 1.8 million a month. Holy Jesus. That's, un, that's just unbelievable stuff. Yeah. So uh, that he's obviously almost Asian Lovren has got more goals than him this season. Yeah, he's almost on his own in that category. Anyone else you can think of who's kind of stealing a living? I've I've got one, but it's it sounds mealy mouthed if I say it, and I don't because I, I like the man and I think he's a fantastic footballer, and he, I really do think that. But is it just me, or does Vincent Company only start playing football in April? No, I think that's a shout. Doesn't he only play five games a year? Yeah, I just I, don't I, see I, him for the entire year. Then he just comes on like and then picks up the trophies. Yeah, no, I think that's a real shout. I, I, I honestly do. And of course, it is kind of qualified by the fact that he's blown in the middle of 35 yards. Yeah, no, he did win the league for them, fair enough. Like, but He always scores a big goal whenever yeah, he's got, the Yeah, he's got one in the Derby in a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. really needed you their see, Derby, obviously. Realistically, in that category, the most obvious people you go to are whoever is playing. Phil, Phil Jones. You know, well, so. yeah, but it's also whoever's playing reserve keeper when you've got one really dominant keeper who doesn't make mistakes. So you could say, like, what did, did what did Cy Miggs play this season? Did he play two games? Did two, he? two, I think it was, yeah. Two yeah, games. but he, uh, he, he was brilliant with the team. Oh, he's been, he's been fantastic. He's been so fantastic. he's not stealing a living then? Well, I mean, you're into intangibles there, but you uh, you, you, you get the point. He's, he's, he's playing a role, though, isn't he, for the team? Uh, yeah. So. I would say that. Where's who's the 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 backup at City? Is it Willie Caballero? No, he used to no, be. No, no, he's, he's gone. He's gone. He's a Tottenham who's, now, isn't it? So who's the who's the City backup? Did he even get a game? No, no, or? he's at Chelsea. Sorry, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. He's at Chelsea. So yeah. who who got, who got who's? I don't even know who's the backup at City. So whoever that is, that guy's that guy's on a, a nice easy, yeah. easy earner as well. Um, is it Pat on? Or is he gone as well? Or is he at, is it Watford now? Bravo, uh, guy saying. Yeah, I didn't know he's still there, to be honest. Yeah. Hang on, let's just, hang on, Philip Coutinho. Thanks very much. Let's just close that off. Philip Coutinho stealing a living. Yeah. Dead sad sad for him. Dead sad. I'm brokenhearted, and it's probably, it's, it's, it's a good one for us to finish on because, you know, we, you can hear the earnestness in our voice there. We miss, we miss him badly, and. (laughs) Sad what's happening. It's sad what's happening. Shit, we forgot. Fucking hell. The most divisive guy, we will go now. Crisps. Best crisps. Just, just no 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 deep discussion, but we can't let this go. It's been on my fucking agenda for three weeks. Best crisps. You have one packet of crisps, and I am obsessed now. Keto boy. I haven't had crisps in three weeks. One packet of crisps. What is the packet of crisps that you go and take with you? To the wall where you're about to get shot, you can eat them in the corner. So, what's your bag of crisps, Cam? My last meal, Walker's prawn cocktail. The end. It's a, a solid, solid shout. I'm already salivating at the thoughts of Walker's prawn cocktail. I've not, ha- I've not had a pack now for five to six weeks. So you're you're on a worse. And they're in the house. 
Oh man, that makes it worse. You're on a worse yeah, run yeah. than me. That's that's cruel. I'm, not, I'm not allowed them anymore. I've been banned. Oh Christ, that's rough. Mrs. That's B. Rough. That's rough. So Walker's prawn cocktail is a very solid shout. I am going to go with Tato because otherwise it'd be shot. Surely. No, no. I'm going. Well, I'm going to represent the 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 Irish posse, okay. all right. And I'm going to go with O'Donnell's salt and vinegar. Okay. They are marvelous, marvelous crisp, and they're that salt and vinegar one, which each and every one of them makes you go at the back here. That tongue. Oh, in a good nice. way. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Carl, last shout of the day, last award of the day, and I'm going to award it to you just because we're going to finish. So the Trevi for best crisps goes to? Ready Salted Hula Hoops. <laughs> oh, shit, what a <laughs> shout. <laughs> Awful. Awful. Really? What yeah. a shout. Oh, I, I love a hula hoop. I generally love a hula I hoop. Love a I love a ready If you said salt and vinegar or cheese and onion, then I thought, oh, maybe. Too, too, too tangy, too, too, too chemically. Yeah, I'm aware that salt is a chemical as well. I'm so glad. I'm so glad I decided in advance to give you that award, whatever you said, because Cam, that is the only shout there. There's a certain blandness to that particular flavor of of hula hoop that makes them magnificent. I don't know what it is. They're fucking. It works. It works. Do you still put them on your one hoop per finger? Of course, who doesn't? I'm no, yeah, just making sure. How else are you supposed to eat them? I don't no, understand. Exactly, exactly. I don't understand what you mean. <laughs> can, can I throw in a, bre- a branch hand grenade at the end? Go on. Drink, drink all's gone for pickled onion flavored monster munch. I will say that's not a crisp. It's a maze. Oh, thank you very both, much. Sorry, corn flavored snacks or not? That's yeah, corn. It's corn. It's not crisp. Yeah. It's not potato based. Sorry, guy. It's, it's not space raiders. <laughs> you can't have space raiders either. Or meanies. Nope, none of them. <laughs> Meanies are fantastic. Right. Uh, I hope you enjoyed, I hope you enjoyed that inaugural Travis. Do you have a a last thing? And I mean, keep it quick for each of you then, um, before we go or not. Because if you don't, let's just finish it up. So I think some game grass and a ball has got a, I've just done something on England three, Hungary six in 1953, which is the day that English football changed forever. That's. For the second week in a row, the absolute best place for you to go and read some football stuff. It's absolutely great collection of football writing. Get to some green grass and a ball and have a read up. Cam, last thoughts from yourself. Life is really simple, but we insist on making it complicated. Couldn't have said it better myself. Not really sure what you mean by that. But... I couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) (laughs) And in case you're wondering who it was, Confucius. Well, Confucius is, uh, I I can't think of a more apt way for us to finish. (laughs) uh, (laughs) We're we're all on the same intellectual wavelength as Confucius. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely perfect. And it's a a very apt enough to finish the the inaugural Trevi's on. Next next year, the Carlitos will be hopefully even more um, organized and we'll have lots of different categories for that as well. But we'll finish this particular episode of the Anfield Index podcast with me thanking you guys for your attention all season. Hopefully you've enjoyed being with us for the coverage of the Premier League and all associated Liverpool-related nonsense. We have, however... 
at this stage, 17 days ahead of the biggest game that any of us can remember, and it's bigger than last season because there's so, so much more riding on it. We will be talking about that as it gets clear, as it gets nearer, but we probably allow ourselves one more jolly up in the meantime because you go mental 17 days. You go mental if you had to just be talking about that one game. So the one before it will be all about Spurs and all about the Champions League final, but next week we'll be doing some other daft nonsense as well. I've been Trev Downey. Until we speak to you again, be kind to your fellow Reds and stay safe out there. Sports Social Podcast Network.